This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, you miserable bastards, and welcome to the return of the Misery Hunters podcast to all your usual podcast shops. I am Mark Jarden. Jamie Coburn is not here. He had a fairly eventful weekend break in Amsterdam with the family, um, <laughs> and uh, just taking a little bit of time to kind of walk things over. So, uh, good things. Good day. Uh, good on you, Jamie, and we'll see you soon. Um, joining me today is Sam Smith. Hello. And Andrew Christie. All right. How's it going, boys? Very Not good. Not too bad. I mean, I'm going to have to get in front of this and say this is the least I've ever had prepared for a podcast episode. I mean, not that anything's happened, so we're a wee bit... I think it's that devastating... It's that devastating combination of us having not prepared, but also nothing's happened since... The last time we, the last time we did a podcast, so that uh, there's not even anything we can, uh, uh, we can find. Alan Wardrop did get unbanned. Well, well, that's true. I, Sam flying in the face of the let's not talk about this shit on the podcast anymore. <laughs> Paul, <so they're> good. <laughs> Every good week we have a we have a list of it. Right? Is there anything we shouldn't mention tonight? Sam just prints that out, and that's his running order for <clears> the night. Yeah, I do the opposite. But yeah. uh, he's a maverick. That's good to good to see Mister Submarine back. So. That's all I'm saying on the matter. Back at home games. I know that he's been um, largely responsible for away form. You know, his presence at away <laughs> games has been buoying up the, the team, and I know that's why we've been better on the road, so hopefully he can bring that back to the home right. stadium ma- as well. I imagine this is how like our parents' generation felt when Mandela got out of jail. <laughs> <laughs> Next to my 2013 League Cup DVD and the bubble didn't burst, there's just going to be the long walk to freedom and have a more story. <laughs> <laughs> just shows him like walking hand in hand with Winnie into the 1877 club to a rapturous reception <laughs> and uh, welcome back Alan um, that's, that really is the only similar thing that's happened isn't it um, uh, I... above and beyond some good news uh, 
and some good effort from all the, the folk in the marching on group, which uh, we will come to a little bit later on. The um, the main reason we've got nothing to talk about is that Saturday was a washout. It was, Andrew eh? and I had discussed petrol money. We'd discussed Spotify playlist. We'd discussed who was doing a wee shopping run for snacks for the four-hour each way journey. And Storm Babbitt had other ideas. <laughs> I mean... I, I, at that point, I was just getting over COVID, and I know that day you woke up kind of unwell as well. So it's probably a blessing in disguise because that would have been a yeah. a flamey, flamey commentary. Yeah, the, we would have but, hotboxed some of the yeah. worst viruses and bacteria into man <laughs> and maybe to so, the tiger. <laughs> uh, to to be fair, eh, Andrew did give me whatever he had. I think so. Yeah, a man who actually. Podcast brought a bio-weapon uh, into St Mirren Park for the Rangers game. Good man. I do feel quite bad at that, but at, at that point I I wasn't aware it was COVID because I, could, sorry, I, I just, just got uh, off a plane and kind of generally get sick when I fly anyway. So like I was just bedridden for a few, maybe I think it was five days I was in my bed for, so I didn't worry too much. Yeah, demolishing that pasta like a man who hasn't been sick. Huh? Demolishing that pasta like a man who's not ate a proper cooked meal in five days. <laughs> um, yeah, I was that way where I kind of started to could feel like that we kind of tickle on my throat on the Friday night. I was like, ah, well, I hope this isn't anything. And then I woke up on Saturday feeling bogging, but not quite bogging enough that I would have like put folk in a position. So I, at that point, I would absolutely have gone and picked you up and then driven up to Dingwall and yeah. done the, the commentary. See, also- by like seven o'clock at night, I was, I'm never getting out of bed again. This is the worst cold that anyone's ever had. Am I going to cough so much that I'm just going to stop living? What's the <laughs> what's the deal here? So if I'd been three and a half hours into a drive home from Dingwall at that point, I think I'd have been like mutinous. And yeah, if you if you cough yourself unconscious at the wheel, I, yeah. I don't know how to drive, so we would have Yeah. We would have not been in good shape. No. Um, certainly. So I, I appreciate I'm in the minority, but actually when the note came through about the game being cancelled on Saturday, I was like, that's maybe a bit of a divine intervention on my behalf. Quite disappointed. Quite disappointed. No, that's a, that's one of the stadiums. I think it's the only stadium in the Premiership I've not been to yet. Right. Aye. Um, well, I went back, me, back in the day. Back in the day when it was the kind of first division day when it was like standing at the side of the pitch kind of deal but I've not been to it in its kind of current iteration and obviously I don't know about you guys but I can't make Dingwall on a, a weeknight unfortunately so I won't be going to the uh, weekly. It's on a, it's on a Tuesday weeknight, that's what I was a, that's what I was uh, about to say, it's actually quite handy for me, I train on a, a, train on a Monday and Wednesday so I'll need to turn up to training on the Wednesday feeling a wee bit tender I think yeah, by the time that comes round. You're going to get a bus up then, the supporters bus or? Aye, I think so, I think so. Uh, I think uh, I think Billy might be on annual leave, so I think he'll be having to give that one a miss unless he plans on sitting burst for the rest of the <laughs> for the rest of Wednesday. So I think it'll be me and my wee sister go up for that. But like it was, I think uh, I can't remember who it was in the Discord that said it. it's probably a bit of, might be a bit of a blessing in disguise. To be honest, maybe getting the the game called off. We're not in a bad run by any stretch, but we haven't won in three and I think it's maybe a bit easier to go into a home game against St Johnston as to go 
all the way up to Dingwall. And I think when Ross County click, they can be a good team, as they've shown over the past couple of years. Like they, they're very patchy, but when they're at it, they're a decent side. And uh, at I think, home as well. Uh, at home, they're a tricky team. So I think if, if I think after the Rangers game and maybe the the couple of games have been with a win, St Johnston at home is probably the kind of game you want. They're the worst team in the league by a, a country mile. So. We should have uh, seen them off at home last year. Of course, yeah. um, played reasonably well from memory. And yeah, we did. Just got stung twice. Um, the last one in the 96th minute, I think uh, I definitely mentioned this at the time, but like my least favourite thing in football happened at that game where someone pumped one long to you know, whoever was on the left-hand side. Ali, Ali Crawford that was, that got the ball and had it in. Uh, and it looked as if it was going to go out and the crowd went, way before it went out and he kept it in and then crossed it in for the overhead kick. And you know that way, as soon as that happens, you're like, we're going to be made to pay for that. I just yeah, can't handle that prematurely. You St. Johnson had 10 men that night as well. Alec Mitchell, he gets sent off uh, for a from pretty... Uh, yeah, Aye, he was good, I liked him. Uh, he gets sent off for a pretty hefty tackle on I think it might have actually been Panzer that the tackle was on. And we just, St. Johnston seem to have, seem to just have a number, no matter how well we're playing at any point, always just seem to, we just really, really struggle against them. Am I right in saying we didn't beat them last year? No, no we, we and, drew up at there, but that was a late uh, Gorgit's equaliser. Aye, uh, lost 3 0 too, as well. Yeah, lost 3 0 in the away game, which was right in the middle of a really good run at the start. Aye. Um and then two draws after that, both of which um St Johnston had ten men for like half an hour minimum. Um, not ideal. Ah all. yeah, because um, and at Medemir Park they were there at ten first half, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. The uh, uh, Phillips. Yeah, Taco and Ryan Strain. And which that was a, Phillips that was a... is a very important player for them as well. Like that's. If you could pick a, a man out of the St Johnston side at that point to get binned, you would maybe pick him. Um, Aye, but not us. We, yeah. we decided to let Zach Rudden score against us. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. What, I don't know what it is with St Johnston. I don't know. I don't know how much it maybe plays in the players' heads that it's a bit of a bogey team. Like it, it's maybe they'll go back and they'll think, oh, like I mean, before that, I think it was Robinson's second win for us was actually at McDermott Park, but that was the first time he had scored there for like Aye. eight or nine years or something daft like that. Kelty. That was Kelty. Kind of all but um that season kept, kept, yeah. Yeah, it kept us up. We time. Yeah, we beat them D two 0 the week after with Charlie Adams assist given us <laughs> the, the first goal that day. But uh, St Johnson that I think the longer the longer they go without a win, the more dangerous it is. Not maybe not the right. To, it is dangerous to play them because every team's going to have it playing in their head that they don't want to be the team that actually gets beat off of them. I think let's be honest, their the search for the drop. I think they'll go down. I think they could win seven 0 against us on Saturday and when they convince me otherwise I do think that I think they'll go down. But the longer they go without that win, I think the more nervy teams are playing them are likely to be and teams are going to just be worried that they're not going to be that number that actually gets, gets beat off them. Because if you look at their team, they're, they're starting to live in their bench, the guys that they can put onto the bench. I think they've still got, like, I think they've still got the biggest squad size outside, like the old firm, which is yeah. ridiculous. I think they've still got about 34 players. And 
they just don't have any quality anywhere, really. Uh, I think they've what, scored three goals in the league this season as well. So yeah, I've only be... really I've only really seen highlights of them, so I'm kind of talking and kind of broad generalizations. But I've quite liked to look at that. Um, Jeff got up top. He looked all right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's it's a team that they're not without the they're kind of dangerous players, but Nicky Clark back this Saturday too. Uh Ryan McGowan back in the in amongst the squad potentially as well. Yeah. He's barely featured this year, McGowan. Yeah. Has he been injured since the start of the season? Or? I think his face just doesn't really fit with McLean. But yeah. I think he's going by what St Johnston fancy on forums, he's still still their best defender. Uh, weird though they play him centre midfield sometimes though, which is no, but I'd associate Ryan McGowan with. I've always had him as a kind of more defensive fullback guy who can play centre half. But uh, their squads kind of their squads just really littered with journeymen and young players. That, to be honest, at this point, the only player that I think's actually got quality in this league's probably probably Nicky Clark, maybe Dre Wright at a push. But it's as routine a home win as there should be in the league. But again, it's St Johnston. Yeah, I think really it, it kind of tells you everything you need to know about them, how much their goalkeeper has been their best player this yeah. season. I mean, don't get yeah. me wrong, he has looked, he looks a really smart keeper, but if your your goalkeeper's the one kind of shining light, I'm giving away some of the commentary prep, sorry Andrew, um, here, but he was the keeper when Cambridge beat Newcastle last year. Aye. Or oh, the, right. the end of the Aye. season before, yeah. Um, and I, I did my commentary notes last night, so I have kind of looked through their squad much more than I, I normally would. It feels really uneven. As you said, there's a lot of them. Um, at the back, they seem very poor, very patchy. You don't have a, I think they don't have a, a proper right-back, do they? I think they've obviously got the lad, the guy James Brown, but, uh-huh. you know, you see kind of... you see a lot of this year. Yeah, you see, um, I think he's been injured, but then you see a lot of St. Johnston fans say he's more of a right-sided centre-half and a three, or a mm-hmm. more defensive wing-back rather than a full-back who's got a bit of onus on him to go and attack. The guy that they signed uh, Olufunwa, the guy that we were linked with, yeah, everything you read suggested that he was a centre-half. They've been playing him at right-back, so they're a wee bit out of sorts, I think. They're, I think you're right, Mark. They, they just look as if they've got far too many players just but none really in the some really I think for having 30 odd players they've got some glaring misses this is maybe unkind right but their squad kind of has the look of our Kearney Stubbs season aye <laughs> excuse me Um, they've got a real mix of so like Olofinma as an example see when he um started their first game of the season that was his first pre- career professional start. He's yeah, twenty-two. That was yeah. his, and they've got loads of guys. Guy then like Sam McClelland again, twenty-one, had made like some appearances for Barrow last year in League Two down south. But this is his first in a proper run at first team level. Um, same for the guy at left back who's playing in front of Tony Gallagher, who's another left back who was promising as a youngster but hasn't really played that much football. But he. The weird thing is similar to that season where we had like three or four guys who were obviously at a level above the shite they were having to play with. Like Matt Smith. I hadn't realised that they'd seen Matt Smith. Guy has like 20, he's 23 year old and has 20 caps for Wales. Aye. Uh, that's, but he's not a bad footballer at all. He's a Man City youther that was in the World Cup squad. 
Like he's, he's not a shit footballer. Uh, um, Ali Crawford hasn't featured this year. He's still uh, he's, 32. He's not a bad footballer. They've got guys up top who you mentioned. Jeff Coat has definitely got a wee bit of promise about him. Reading about a guy they've got on loan from Burnley who started companies first. Luke is that Costello? Uh, yeah. Last yeah. year, looks um, and he's one of the only two guys that scored for them. This season as well, they've got a guy up on loan from Newcastle who was like came through at Sunderland, was really highly rated, and then his dad, who was the kit man at Sunderland, got made redundant and he left in a tantrum. <laughs> and is now like training with Newcastle's first team and gets sent right. out on loan and because they like quite fancy him. So there's obvious quality there. They've just seemed to they seem to have replaced too many options of too many journeymen with this mix of journeymen and guys who maybe have something about them but just haven't played football um, to, for with any kind of regularity so it's a it's not a combination that often works out um, would be my fear and I I don't think that I don't think they're the worst squad that anyone's ever seen I said there's plenty of talent in there but three goals in eight games is recipe that's, that's a lot of it now that's they kind of I think obviously the Kearney I think you're right with the Kearney squad kind of gives me a, a lot of similarities to the squad that Tommy Craig got relegated with us like but the kind of the guys that you're bringing in don't have any experience of the first team and the older mm. professionals that are in the team aren't, aren't really good enough anymore like we obviously had we had Goodwin and Tomo as the kind of senior pros in that team Gary Teal was obviously he wasn't. He played some. He played occasionally, you know, at the, st- at the start of the season, and then obviously wound up being the manager. But you know, we brought in guys who had next team no experience of playing proper first team football. Guys like Ellis Plummer, Adam Drury, Emmanuel mm-hmm. Sunupe, like some proper just guys that could have guys that at some point had potential to be really good players, but. For one reason or another, ended up not having good careers. And I think St John's still going down that route. But I think to go back to us, it's probably given us a wee bit of time, probably just to maybe get back to what we've been really good at. I think we were, I think you could tell in the, the Hibs game that we played midweek, we were really tired. I think that might be the only thing, the only issue that might we might have with our squad is we might get a wee bit tired, might get a wee bit fatigued. and I think if you're playing Saturday, Wednesday for a number of weeks, I think you'd probably see us maybe not slipping down the table. That's really undermining the quality we've got the team, but I don't think the results would be as consistent. So I think having a few weeks off to regroup, get everybody back in, get guys like Bacchus back up to full fitness after playing, you know, two full internationals, you know, I'm I'm all for it, to be honest. I think it might be a, a blessing in disguise and hopefully go out and Give St Johnson a bit of a doing, to be honest. And one of the kind of the big decisions that Robinson has on Saturday, of course, is uh, Ryan Strain will be absent with suspension. Mm. Um, who would you go with right wing back? I guess the the options are probably between Bolton, Small, maybe Fraser at right wing back. I play Small. Uh, I'm basing it off a of 45 minutes I've seen it against Rangers, but I actually thought, I think you said that a few times on commentary, like McMenamin was really impressive. Oh, yeah, he was our best player against Rangers. And I don't, uh, for a guy who's uh, not done anything since he's joined, he's done uh, he's done really good. 
just don't see does it. He have a, does he have a touch of the Carsons about him when he plays Rangers? Like, he, or am I am I getting his allegiance wrong? Uh, I, 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 yeah. I think he kicks with the other foot. No, McMenamin was uh, expelled from a Northern Ireland squad for singing IRA chants back in the day. So, <laughs> was, that, was that yeah last year? Two years ago? Was that him? I... <laughs> Jesus, right? Yeah, I'm the, I'm googling this. Otherwise, I will the McMenamins a massive apology, but I'm pretty sure he was. Uh, ah, wow. I've had McMenamin and Boyd Munns is too kind of. <laughs> yeah, you know, fairly... But uh, I think while obviously kind of try not get too off track, I I I'd, I'd probably go with McMenamin. I don't think, like probably for two reasons. I think if you're at home to St Johnston, when if Strain's playing, you're not really. You're not really worried about what Strain can do defensively because, let's be honest, uh, Graham Carey's not going Graham Carey plays left wing back for them. He's not going to run up and do all day. He's, Graham Carey's got for his whole career, has had zero interest in track back. He doesn't, he doesn't care. He's like McMenamin, he wants to cut inside. And... Aye. He, he wants to cut inside and show his quality because that's, that's I mean, Carey made a, a pretty good career down south for Plymouth Argyle. You know, like, go and look at, Carey's goal record for Plymouth, like goals and assists. You're talking about a guy who should have probably been playing, you know, mid mid to high championship at some point with the way he was playing down there in League One, League Two. Maybe should have given that been given a chance at some point, but I I'd, I'd go with McMenamin. I just I don't think I, I don't think he's going to really have much onus on him to defend. And you'd think that. You know, the kind of wee triangle that plays in there, if it's the right-hand side, it's usually Bacchus. You know, you've got Fre- you've, you've the Bacchus, Fraser, McMenamin on that side. Should be more than enough to deal with St. Johnson's main attacking threat, which is Carey. So I'd go with McMenamin. If he goes with Bolton or, or Small, I don't have any issue. They're both... I've not seen much of Bolton, but from what I've seen, I quite like. I think he's... I think he's, he looks pretty handy. I've said it before a million times, I'm a massive fan of small. I think he could be a wee bit uncoordinated and maybe a wee bit out of sorts at right wing back, but if Robinson thinks he can do a shift there, then yeah. I'm not going to question that. So One of those ones where I don't think we'll know until he's been given the... the I don't think he'll know. Uh, yeah. I, I would be amazed if it wasn't small. I don't think we're going to shift. Fraser out the way, I don't think he's going to start Bolton for the first time in that kind of role. I think Bolton's a guy that you're probably going to play at centre-half when he makes his first... I think Bolton's a full-back. Yeah, yeah. I, think, I think Bolton's definitely yeah. in the kind of Fraser mould of being a really... He's, he's obviously got attacking qualities, but I think he has yeah. more of a right-sided centre-half than a wing-back. Even if that is I think he's he spent a bit of time there playing right of a four, Bolton yeah. as well, so I... I think even with all the evidence of him being quite athletic out wide before, for a guy that's missed the amount of football he has, I don't think you reintroduce him to like 90 minutes by sticking him on the, the flank in a position which does a lot of running for us. I just, I just don't see it. And I don't think he'll unsettle his front three by bringing McMenamin back. I mean, I think in practice, um, McMenamin might end up playing a little bit deeper. And it gives small license to roam about. I think you might end up with a kind of combination of two, but I think it's probably Small's jersey. I think Small's been brought back with the justification that he's our second choice left back and right back. Mm. 
I think Robinson basically said as much in yeah. the interview when he signed him. Didn't also he? said which, they could uh, play anywhere across the front three, which I'm yet to see, and I really want to see. So, <laughs> I think if we were going, if we were going to make uh, like dolls of Stephen Robinson, he'd have a string in his back that he'd pull, and it would just say, "Can play anywhere across the front, a front three. I would, I would actually probably shift the whole team up and go with Olasanya, Small, and who's another kind of headless chicken that we could put up front? Grieve? Yeah, go with that. Because Nobody would know what to do with that. I would pay die. to see that. I would, uh, I would be first in line to watch the chaos that that would, uh, that, that would yeah, fall. Amazing. I don't, know, yeah. I don't think there'll be much... I don't think there'll be much change. I think obviously you're you're going to be putting in probably small at right wing back. I don't think all this will start at St Johnston at home and St Johnston are going to be camped in their eighteen yard line and deeper than that at times. You're not getting into all this in a game like that. I think that's I think Saturday's probably an ideal game for Big Mika, you know. Uh, yeah, I agree. Liam Gordon seems to be getting bullied quite a lot. McClellan's a bit young, but naive. Considine's Considine's well past it, you know. I think he's kind of getting to the stage when guys are beginning to bully him. If you're sticking, if you've got the quality of McMenamin and Kilty and, and Tans are hitting balls into the box, you probably want your big six foot four bulldozer getting in and on the end of stuff. I think it probably could be a game that Mandarin could maybe find himself with a couple of goals, maybe. I think um, it's kind of nailed on to be back as Nohara again in the middle, isn't it? When, when they're both fit, that's uh, it's yeah. going to be the, the pair. And it's, it's so harsh on Boyd Munns with how well he yeah. started the season. But it's, it's, the, it's the kind of game we play. You know, we've got we've got options. We've got international quality. Like Bacchus, a guy who, for you know the stick he gets off the other fans, went down to Wembley, competed for 90 minutes in the midfield that had arguably the best player in the world just now and didn't look out of place. You've got I think it was more than didn't look out of place. I think um, Aye. I think his quality really kind of came through, like what he's good at. And then um, I think uh, Pine Bovril had shared the league stats again um, earlier today, and it's no surprise that Bacchus is right back sitting at the top of the the top, or I think he's second or third in the standings for most tackles this Aye. season. And how many games did he miss? Or did he not? Was it two games that he didn't start? I think it was at least two. It was two or nah, three. Ah, he missed a couple, eh? Yeah, I think so. with uh, talking about uh, Boyd Munns, I think if we if we get like a dozen games between now and Christmas, potentially, so you yes. know, there's, there's, like, there's likely going to be opportunities for the likes of Boyd Munns, the likes of Small, you know, whether it's like injuries or just the way we play, people might not be able to do Saturday midweek for... for a month or whatever, so there's there's going to be opportunities for these th- these boys to come in, and uh, yeah, I think, I think it's kind of Boyd testament Munson to how him. yeah to how good Boydmans has been that you know was like obviously it won't but was uh, Robinson to drop Bacchus for Boydmans on Saturday I think that would be a fairly seamless transition he's been he's been yeah. excellent and how uh, you feel for him but he will definitely get his chance won't he. Just yeah, the different things. You think Boyd in a game when there's not much of a midfield battle to be had, and I think his quality mm. just shines through. We've seen it a couple yeah. of times where Bacchus yeah. has come on and it's made a massive difference because we are fighting out kind of in the centre circle for Aye, Motherwell away in particular. I think Bacchus yeah. really changed that game, didn't he? It was a half time he came on. Yeah. I think we're probably better in this 
I think we've got enough about us to like fly out the traps that um we're probably better starting with the like combative midfielder mm. in. And then if we're all over them in the second half, you know that you've got Boydmans to bring on and to, to kind of pull those strings and kind of hopefully kind of, you know, either add to a lead or, or kind of just see a game out. Um I think we're probably better starting this way around where you're not going to get caught out with not having the guy that just like buzzes about and breaks up attacks Aye. for you. Hundred um, percent. I think. Uh, wonder if we'll see. Maybe a wee bit too early after I'm getting forty-five minutes during the week. But I think we've probably been a bit too far off. I see now younger in the squad. I don't oh. think now that he's playing. I wonder if he might start kicking about a bit more on match day. Aye, get him in the, yeah. involved in the squad. Aye, um, not necessarily on the bench, but you know, like we've quite often got a spare man out warming up or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like I wonder. I wonder if he'll start to get involved a bit more on that front. I think the club are doing the right thing and taking their time. I think he's important enough that, and we are decent enough this season for now that you can take the extra month and kind of yeah, nurse him back. Not, and we're, not to... now, we're not in a position where we, we're having to, because in the past, you know, we've had instances where we've had to rush back at an like injury player just because of, yeah, just because we don't have anything else. But I yeah. think it certainly seems like they're doing it the, right, the correct way and I obviously it will take him a, a bit of time to, to get back up to it but you're looking at kind of January that's just going to be it's going to be so good to have him back he's just such a different player to what we've got and yeah I think he's been a he's been a real miss uh, he's he's just a, he's a far better footballer than I think he gets credit for as well, I think a lot of guys just kind of look at him and just assume oh, he's a big six foot four guy built at the side of the house. Like he, he's, he's a, I think he's a really good technical footballer as yeah. well. To be honest, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think I don't think he gets enough credit for that. And I know he only, I think what would they end up last season with was it seven goals all in. He does seem to have a kind of knack of getting into the right area at the right time. You know, you've seen it with his goals against Celtic Rangers. Like he, he does, he, he kind of has that big game player feel about him as well like yeah. I think when the I remember him against Aberdeen the game at Christmas Eve last year like you know proper big game feel to it and like he really turned up you know he gets brought down for two of the penalties he was a proper menace he obviously Kayla Roos saved one of the penalties and, and does him out of a goal but I think he can get obviously I think he got Anthony Stewart sent off as well so like when he's bang at it he's comfortably one of the best players in the park and Aye, it'll be good to have him back to you. And it was also really good business to to get him to extend another year yeah, as well. For sure. I think we um, I think we touched on this later. Maybe I did and everyone disagreed. I can't remember. I think he's got shades of Abika in like showing up in the right place and in, in yeah. the kind of bigger games and stuff. I think the difference is that he's a footballer. A, yeah, he's a much more technically capable footballer. He's more athletic. He can hold the ball up. Abika was really good at like Hassan defenders and playing as that kind of furthest forward guy yeah. but it was fairly rare that he would kind of bring the ball down and kind of punish people for that whereas Ayunga because the, the ball bounced off him and he played like a Timbies on for 90 minutes <laughs> whereas I think Ayunga is so much more capable of like I think he's got the pace to stretch people if he does get on the ball he's got the strength to kind of push people around he's canny enough to win fouls like we are talking about there with the penalties and stuff he gets into those positions he shows up in the big games but actually on top of all those things, I think he's actually got the, the kind of composure and technical ability to then do something with it as well. I, I think potentially a really good foil for Mandron 
if the two of them are fit, I think he would get a lot of the joy that he got out of playing with Curtis Main last year. I think it might... The, Aye, no, I, I think it might take a bit of pressure off like Kilty and McMenamin maybe because you could probably play a young guy in the sort of roles they play maybe like they mm-hmm. kind of no, the no, for main, sure oh, 100% like I think if you're going away I don't know if you're maybe going away to Celtic Park or Ibrooks like if you've got a big guy like a young guy a guy who can properly get you up the pitch and also cause problems like it's it's priceless to have guys like that in the team I'm sure um, Olisanya would love to play Kind of off someone like a younger as well, like the amount of like flick ons and stuff that you're going to get into, into kind of dangerous areas in behind. Um, so I think it gives I, us more options. There's so many kind of, and once he's back and we've got this, this kind of banker strikers, there's so many really interesting pairings that you just think, I really want to see how that works. Like, yeah, yeah like you say, it's just options. That's what we've what, what we've wanted for the past few seasons, just a bit of depth and. Plan B, Plan C, if need be. So yeah, it's, it'll be really interesting to see um, what the squad looks like once he's back. We Good looking. That, oh, yeah. Not a bad to look at either. Yeah, it smells wonderful. Aye. Um, we mentioned this at the start, um, but putting the football to one side because there hasn't been any. Last week's one thing that is definitely worth talking about, and I think they announced it earlier on today that. Or was it last night that they've um, that they've achieved their initial target that the guys in the uh, marching on group and their mirror and mile project have, have hit the seven grand achievement. mark? achievement. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Uh, some going, man. That's just kind of sums up how good the feeling is around the the whole of the club at the moment. Like, I think I did. I think everyone probably thought when it came out as well that seven grand was maybe a wee bit ambitious, but you know, to do that without any like major help from I don't think there's. I don't think there's. I'm pretty sure there's not been any donations for businesses or that yet. Like, of course, not, but I think that would maybe just let them do more as opposed to. I think aye. they can now do it without relying on it. Aye, it's it's brilliant. I think uh, it's a lot of guys who are volunteering up. A lot of you know, guys and girls who are kind of volunteering their their own time up to do it, and all for the betterment of, of going to the games. I think it's a good idea. I think it will look cool. I think we've. It's not really something that you're, but you do pay attention when you see it. I think for a lot of the kind of bigger grounds that have been there, like Celtic Park and Ibrooks, both have like those sort of banners on the on the walkways up to the games and that. Yeah. I think uh, Man United they've got them. I'm by no means comparing us to to teams like that, but I think it helps to add to the the feeling of the game. It kind of sort of makes the I think when they're along Greenhill Road, it'll almost sort of feel like aye, that is like that's ever street that's. That this is where this is where St. Mirren play, like rather as opposed to just kind of driving past the stadium just now. And yeah, I think as it stands, you feel like you're at the stadium currently when you go through the turnstile. Aye. Whereas it just kind of slightly widens the footprint a bit. Aye, that's um, it. Like the the match day experiences, it just improved so much over the past kind of three four years. And this, like you say, it's just kind of widening that. So you're not just turning up to the stadium and back home. It makes it feel like home. It makes it the, the area feel like ours. And aye, this, this, this can't be anything but a good thing. I think um, all these things just happen because decent people give up their time for it. You know, like Smyza putting out the stuff to back. The guy's name's escaped me. Uh, was it Colin? Something that does the, 
the Paisley Panda stuff who does the pre-match entertainment. Colin Bright. No. Colin Bright, like right, the guy does such a such a fantastic job, deserves so much credit. But also on top of that, like guys who are there to do their day job, you know, you see Keith Lasley out kind of meeting people at like that, taking part in the kind of beat the goalie stuff and whatever else and just get involved. It just creates an atmosphere where people are wanting to get there early, where they're feeling, you know, they're not just showing up for 90 minutes to be annoyed like some fans are and then up the road. I think it, it changes it changes the nature of your day. Um, like the, all the community club stuff, the, the, the club's been getting so much credit and rightly so for the community strategy stuff that they've released and mm-hmm. stuff like this is all just further evidence of, of that. I think it's people that are motivated to actually go and do something and Look, I'll hold my hands up, right? I've, I've, I've said plenty of snooty things about this because it's easy to take pops at stuff when people put their, you know, stick their neck out and it's easy to make fun of things that you're not involved in. So, you know, I think we've all taken the piss at one point or another about what might be on the flags on the mail and, and all the rest of it because that's what you do. And I think people deserve credit for knowing that they're probably going to take that kind of piss on Twitter and Facebook and all the rest of it and still, you know, saying fuck it and putting their name out there and making it happen it needs it takes people like that to kind of make stuff change and to drive improvements and you know it's definitely it's definitely that I think for whatever opinion anyone has on what's actually going on it and all the rest it's it's a step in the right direction and it's something that should aye. be celebrated I think aye uh, 100% it'll, it'll make a big difference I think to to people, it's the, it's, it's the way I walk to the stadium as well. If I'm yeah, if yeah. I'm not driving, if I'm getting the train through, I'm usually in the court bar before the game, and it's it's the way that me and Billy will walk along the ground. So, aye, it'll be cool to see when it's in. I think we're probably it's another weather to be installing something like that to get people to go out and see just now. So, I think uh, the, the real shame is that the chauffeur that the kibble sends for me to take me to games, um, the windows are quite heavy. The, hel- the helicopter. Yeah, the, the windows on the helicopter are quite heavily tinted, so right. I actually will struggle to see most of the, the I, mirror in my... It's weird, the, the Kibble helicopter's not been given a parking ticket yet, has it, when it parks in the wee kind of spare ground in Drums Avenue? Like... Right, not going to get parking tickets when it drops me in the centre circle before everyone else gets in, is it? <laughs> um... What about that parking ticket and stuff? That's that's wild. <laughs> like that, that's, that's absolutely mental. I've I've been driving for seven years in February and I have never once been given a ticket at Sutton Park yeah it's, it's a sign of the times I think there's I mentioned this to someone I can't remember who it was on Twitter that was talking about it when it crossed maybe black and white pins um, from memory had kind of mentioned it and I was like the sign is there the sign has been there since we moved into the ground and Plain devil's advocate, the sign's there for a good reason, right? It's not there to make money. It's there because if something really shitty happens and there's an emergency response required, that's where stuff needs to happen. And by parking there, you're kind of gambling that nothing happens and you're not blocking anything off, right? So that is what it is. But the sign's always been there. And I've been parking on Drums Avenue for, you know, what, six years, whatever it is, seven years for home games. And every time I've done it, I've known that I've been parking where there's a sign that says you can't park during games. And if I that's, the, that's, the, that's the rush for you, Mark, isn't it? That's yeah, I need that. Do it, yeah. Or I just don't care. Guess a blood yeah. going. Yeah. Um, it's kind of the equivalent of going out to a bar to meet my wife and us both using fake names and pretending we've just met. I, I kind of need the added, the added excitement to enjoy some home games. 
Um, that's a really strange thing to say. And I'm going to I, pa- I park in double yellows. Like I, I've, I, I have on, on occasion. That's Russian roulette. That's that's the well, film. Me, me and my dad have parked in double yellows for for years. I still don't know if we got a ticket or not yet. I've not asked him. Uh, I've, he's been at more of my games than he's been to watch the run this year. So <laughs> I think the like, just to, to finish off what I was saying there. Like I, I think certainly with me, I've just accepted the risk. I don't think anything's going to happen. I know that I probably shouldn't park there, but I park there, and it's fine. If I was to now get a ticket, I would see it as having, you know, been spread out over seven years. So it's you know it's seven <laughs> years worth of parking fees. <laughs> so like sixty pounds or a hundred pounds, whatever it is, it's shit. A hundred pounds to park in an illegal parking space for seven years. It doesn't feel like the worst, the worst deal. I think the shitty thing is that. Having not done anything for that period of time, they seem to now just be doing it because they've woken up to the fact that they've got thousands of pounds of fees sitting there if uh, if they want to if they want to enforce it. But it's if only right. we knew a guy who worked for the council that yeah. could get rid of his own parking tickets. Yeah, and thanks again for sorting me out for that one. <laughs> uh, we can really appreciate that. Me and the me and the boys at the kibble really appreciate the the helicopter thing <laughs> that you saw us out of because we parked in the middle of Green Hill Road. I mean the, um, the the kibble sort of out of my parking space next to the ground. I don't even drive. I just go to sit in my space, just just safe the noise. Of, it's where we're, we're going to put the hot tubs. You actually yeah. park just in the in the corner between the family stand and the the west stand. Ah, oh, Mister Christie, how are you doing? And yeah, um, yeah, I think it's shitty that they're now doing it. But I don't think anyone's really got a leg to stand on with feeling too hard done to about it. I've heard talk of people feeling like it's football fans being victimised or someone fans being victimised for whatever reason. And uh, I think that talk is utter bollocks. It's and, just uh, a, it's just a money thing. It. But yeah. But again, this isn't a problem that I've felt firsthand because of my connections. So, you know, by all means tweet me and tell me if it's caused you any kind of hardship and I'll try and feel bad about it. And there we are. Uh, it's been a funny few weeks, hasn't it, without uh, normal podcasts and, and someone to, to talk about. A while. I'm dying to get back to, to the football. Uh, I, I've, I have, I think, you know, my next game I'll get to is probably, probably Dingwall, so I'll be another few weeks yet for my St. Mun hit. Is the Rangers game after week. that? Aye. As I, will you get to watch any of it, Sam? Just do you catch the second half? Always get the or? second half. I always get the second half of Jamie's not using the the misery hunters uh, login, <laughs> and sometimes I have just logged them out. I well, that's it. It's, it's not a case of you can't get on because somebody else using it. It just logs that other person out. So it's like <laughs> when we're all home, it turns into this fucking game of like shunting <laughs> match of just passive aggression. <laughs> And it actually was logged in there, Sam. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Who, who's just nah. logged in? It's like, oh, no, it wouldn't be me, no. I said, fuck it. I think it was when we were playing Hearts. I just uh, I just logged in and never said anything. Jamie put it in the chat and said who was using it. And I think I managed to get 25 minutes of the game before he actually finally logged me back out. So. It happened to nah. me the other week when I was using it. And then I gave it five minutes because no one owned up to it. And then I just logged back in and kicked away. I'll get the I'll get the second half, so... Aye, fingers crossed. But uh, until Saturday, we'll um, we'll leave you there. There will uh, there will be a Patreon episode again this week. There has been Patreon episodes 
over the last couple of weeks um, to, to kind of keep things going during the international break and, and whatnot. Um, for £3, you get access to, to all of them on an ongoing basis. You can listen to the back catalogue of, of shite that we've put up there, and there is a lot a of lot. it. There must be Some a lot. Some of our best uh, stuff, I would argue, is sitting behind that, uh, that paywall. There must be um, about, There must be about 50-plus podcasts on that. Yeah, yeah, probably not. I think we've been doing it for about a year, so we're um, we're not far off at all. Um, and obviously, with it being behind the paywall, we are slightly untethered in what we can say because at, at heart we are shite bags and don't want to yep. offend people on the main pod. Yeah, once, the we, once we get that protection of the paywall, <laughs> gloves are behind, off. Uh, behind the paywall, we don't think twice about libeling someone and saying that they get kicked out of an international camp for singing the questionable songs. <laughs> I looked that up, that's true. Sorry. <laughs> it's fine. Anyway. If anything, put some up in my estimation. <laughs> Should I have you that? I wrote a absolutely fanboy fawning article for the BBC on Tuesday about how much I like McMenamin. I wish I'd known I could have included that, that we've also got the same, ta- same taste in chants, same taste in music. <laughs> Songs of war. Yeah. Um, anyway, this is all getting a bit patreon for this uh, for the mainstream <laughs> podcast, so we should probably leave it there before we say something really great. Um, but yeah, join the Patreon. The links are in all of our, uh, all of our social media bios and and why not? You can also go onto the site to buy our merch there. I think we've recently added a couple of new lines of things. We're also talking about getting some new designs sorted in time for Christmas. Um, one thing we can tease here for the first time, we've mentioned it on the Patreon and on the Discord. If, uh, if you've got a Saturday night free in the middle of December, there might well be some uh, Misery Hunters festive fun to get involved in. Um, and that's all I'll say for now. But plans are being made for similar kinds of nonsense to things that we've hosted. Phone calls are being made to Aberdeen chairman <laughs> in America. The corridors of power are being strutted. Um, and there is already talk of some uh, truly one-of-a-kind prizes, which people will find out about on the night, should there be a night that happens. Which there will be. But uh, that's something to be formally announced at a later date, I think. But um, yeah, um. Keep an eye on our Twitter and everything else, and we'll let everyone know fairly soon. But uh, until then, it's been a while since I've got to say this one, so I'm just going to say this one. Fuck Alex Ray. Fuck Malky Mackay. Yeah, I'll give it a fuck Malky Mackay as well, just because we didn't get to on Saturday. Yeah, fuck Malky Mackay. There we go. Full house. (laughs) Bye. Sports Social Podcast Network.